0: Benefits Podcast. My name is Jason Horton. Welcome to the show. Happy New Year. Happy 2018. We did it. We made it. We're here. Or at least day one into it. I spent my holiday. I was in Philadelphia, New York. Uh, the first night I got there, met up with my dad and my sister and uh, my, my nephews were sick the previous week, but I still got sick. Next day, I had like a stomach flu or stomach bug, and I was out of commission for almost two days, uh, just sleeping most of the day, not eating, which I guess is kind of good, because for two or three days, I wasn't shoveling as much food in as I usually am, so I guess that was one benefit, but it kind of uh, kind of put a wrench in the works as far as my trip, but I uh, got to see my family, headed to New York, and then I flew and met. My wife, Michelle, we, I met her in Vegas and I saw the Misfits Alkaline Trio Fear Show, which is really good. I don't know if you are familiar with the Misfits, but they are um, a legendary band and this is like kind of the closest you're going to get to an actual reunion. I mean, Dave Lombardo from Slayer played drums. They didn't use one of their many drummers, but I feel like he's somebody who's so versatile that he can probably play everything and probably take them about 10 minutes to learn their whole library. So that was fun. Back in L.A. uh, and excited about this. Excited. I wanted the first episode of the new year to um, be positive. Not that they're not positive, but I wanted this one to be what I consider something that that I felt positive uh, about kind of going into it. It's not too heavy, um, but it's, it's, it's an interview that I've wanted to put up uh, for a while. It was just a matter of scheduling, which I've talked about. That's why I'm doing every other week now until I can figure out everyone's scheduling, because it's all based on t- the, the, the friends part of uh, the friends without benefits. Uh, so if I don't have the friends then it's just me talking, and I don't—I'm not that interesting. I don't have that much going on, uh, to be totally honest with you, uh, to do an episode every week, unless I can think of something format-wise to do that. But uh, my friend Keith Coogan, uh, who, if you're not familiar with Keith, he's a a really great guy, most importantly. uh, Successful actor, working actor for a long time. You may know him best— for Adventures in Babysitting and Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. That's some really iconic roles for him. Uh, but we, we became friends a couple of years ago. He was in one of my YouTube videos, and we've kept in touch. I went to went to his housewarming party, and I just always wanted to talk to him about what it's like to be him. It's in, When I was younger, living in New York, and I'd watch, say, Adventures in Babysitting, the world of watching movie magic was really magic for me because I was like, oh, these people, this is uh, uh, an outside looking in thing. It will, I will never cross paths with these actual people because I'm meant to be here, they are meant to be there. But, you know, you come to a place like Los Angeles and you meet people and you have things in common. And it's just very, very interesting that years later, paths can cross. You, you never really know. You never know, like, for you to say, oh, this will never happen, I mean, this is not, this is not like a mind bending uh, experience in the sense of like, how is this possibly going to happen? But for someone like me who really found a lot of magic in movies and television, and I've met, living in Los Angeles, I have met a lot of people and I've worked with a lot of people, random people that I was like, I've watched you on TV and in movies and have been a fan of yours. And now I'm like, we're discussing things uh, as far as like making and, and making stuff. And you know, I've, I'm in a few movies coming out uh, in 2018 that I'm really excited about. Um, I'm in very briefly a movie called Funny Story that will be at uh, Slam Dance at the Sundance Film Festival uh, at the towards the middle or end of the month. It's really exciting, a lot of really uh, good people I, I saw a cut of it and it was great. Um, I wish I wish more of my scenes were in it. That might be biased. Um, but I guess the other 90, you know, 7% of the movie is good too. And then uh, like I said, wrapped on the thinning New world Order, then I'm in a little bit more and that'll be coming out in 2018. Very excited about those two things and hopefully hopefully more stuff. Um, I'm doing a stand-up show. I'm going back to the Sycamore Tavern for the Rebels of Comedy uh, January 6th, 8 pm in Hollywood. Very excited about that. Excited about 2018. I made a comment on Twitter about, instead of saying, hey, I'm going to make 2018 my bitch, try being a better person. And I'm not usually preachy. Like, it's not my thing to tell you how to act. But I feel like the same people that say they're going to make that year their bitch end up complaining all year. And there they are at the end of the year. And I was like, maybe instead of saying, having that be your attitude – just try to be better, whatever better is. And sometimes for me, it's like I can't always be a better person. But you know what I can do? I could be less of a crappy person. I could do less harm in whatever that is. So even if you can't outwardly do better or be better, just be less shitty. That's I mean, I don't know. That's kind of how I see it because really I'm I'm not one to talk about anything. I have whatever people are complaining about the same thing is going on in my head sometimes worse sometimes not as bad but i try to put less of it out there and i just try to work on my own stuff if i'm working on my own stuff it's not even just like for me it's cuz people have to deal with me that's the thing it's like if, it's if you want to take time and 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 make yourself a better person even if you don't want to do it for yourself people have to deal with you whether it's work or your family or relationships or or the person that you you know that you come in contact with they might have had a bad day. You have a bad day. This is easier said than done all the time because sometimes, you know what, there's no th- there's no changing my mind. Sometimes I'm, like, I'm in a bad mood and that's it and I'm going to be a dick. But what I try to do is try to every day be a little bit of, a better person or at least try to be less of a shitty person. I don't know. I think that's all I can. I don't have any New Year's resolutions. I'm always working on the same stuff. It's, all this, it's really all the same thing. And I know people like a fresh start, and I get that. I Psychologically, that's great. And uh, But for me, it's just like, I'm just going to do more of the same thing. Sadly, it'll be only half the podcast until I sort out the scheduling thing, but you know they're all going to be quality, right? Right? Well, I'm excited about this one. I purposely put it as the first one of 2018. I'm, I think it's cool that if you're listening to this today or whenever you're listening to this, that we're kind of sharing New Year's Day 2018 together, and uh, I can't think of a person uh, that I'd want to uh, also share with it um, than uh, my good friend Keith Coogan.
1: Thank you. Uh, and then when I talk an- animatedly, it goes up into this kind of Uncle Fester register. Yeah. Shoot him in the
0: back, Morticia. Yeah. <laughs> terrible. What can't you do though?
1: <laughs> Sing, dance. Oh. Well, no oh, just just those
0: <laughs> little, little things. You know, I was thinking. Uh, we uh, I looked on Facebook, um, which is the thing that pretty much archives everything. And it, we just I think we hit our five year Facebook anniversary, friendship anniversary.
1: <laughs> I had terrible cell service and I couldn't watch the video and uh, yeah. of, you know the various photos over the years.
0: Yeah. Uh, so happy anniversary!
1: Thank, happy friend anniversary! Happy
0: friend anniversary! Yeah, you actually have an, an- you yeah. actually have a anniversary. We just had our, our fourth wedding anniversary. Congratulations! Thank you. Um, yeah, I got married earlier this year too. Congratulations! Thank you. Yeah. About to hit my one year anniversary. Oh, uh, look at us guys, just talking about the wives. But uh, yeah, the last time I I saw you, I went to your uh, housewarming party.
1: Yeah, thank you. You still there?
0: Yeah, still yeah. there. Love it. I, it's the coolest, is it more, it's like a, I mean, it's cool, and it's got like a, a hip, cool thing that's definitely definitely you both, but has it gotten more you? Because there's a lot of, a lot of things. My,
1: the wall of Keith is uh, it relegated to the back office? Okay, cool. The, yeah. so but there's still, you know, you can't help. There's the Jackie Coogan stuff. That yeah, we, we, I think we might have added a big kid, the kid poster that we got since then.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of. It's very <laughs> cool. I the mean,
1: flamingos go in the kitchen right. area. Uh, there's an 80s wall that's pretty cool. And I'm on. I'm included in the 80s wall.
0: Yeah, of course. <laughs> but you know, you're included in every decade wall for me. out there i don't have i mean i just literally just have walls that are just they're just there well that will outlive me and uh that's all i have uh and then we first i think i remember talking was we first i we first kind of met sort of or at least i met you you didn't meet me uh is when uh you were doing a podcast and i was doing uh a thing on playboy radio you were just using it as a um Space. You were doing a. Sh- you either on a show. I don't know if you were hosting it. I had the call sheet.
1: Tales of the Bone Machine, which was on Skid Row Studios Network. Okay. And they g- let us guest at the Playboy Studios. Right. And I brought a uh, a ragtag team yes. of former child stars yeah. to talk about uh, their uh, the sexiest things they could on Playboy. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, everyone's kind of like in that dad mode now. You know what I mean? So it's the sexiness is. I don't know. No, it goes up. The sexiness goes up. I think, and then I was like, I was like, oh, this is so cool. I was like, I do, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, I'd love to, you know. See, and I was doing a lot of YouTube then, which I still am. And then we did a YouTube uh, video together,
1: and that was so amazingly fun. Yeah, that was super fun. He, I got to go and get the little pass, and they like do a full background check on you. Yeah, and uh, go go to the YouTube studios down in Marina del Rey, and it. Uh, blew me away, the facility yeah. that they had and all of the spaces that they had, and we used just a modest office set. Uh, I was, an office is an office set, and I love the piece. Thank you. Yeah, no, thanks for being Thank in it. Thank you for those. including me. You had such a great cast. Everybody yeah. that was in that was so creative and fun it was great to watch you direct and
0: they uh, all went on to be in stranger things i'm kidding i just wanted the most popular thing out there i'm just say i always like to say everyone went on to be like barack obama or you know everyone hashtag stranger things, things. yeah it? everything's hashtag stranger things um so i want to kind of go back because i don't really know like we, i remember we talked in a car ride for a while kind of about like what you're doing in your life and where you're from but i want to i want to go a little as deep as we can um where, where are you from originally
1: from Southern California. 40 right, born, yeah. Born in Palm Springs. Okay. Did some time in Sacramento till I was about four, maybe okay. five years old. And then uh, came to L.A. I wanted to be on TV. I, I saw uh, kids having fun on Sesame Street, Electric Company, uh, Zoom, uh, Via alegre which was like a Spanish version of News uh, uh, or Review. Uh, and uh, all of those shows, I, you know, I saw kids that were having fun on TV and- uh, uh, I, I was uh, basically raised kind of white trash. Yeah, no, uh, I if can If you raise. have a Studebaker with yeah. no doors up on blocks and you're shooting at cans with a 22 rifle in the middle of two blocks from American River College in Sacramento, you may be white trash. Yeah. Uh,
0: was it a thing where you were like, I want to I have fun, or is it I want to be on TV, or was it just like both happening at the same time?
1: Uh, I you know TV was a big part of because PBS had really uh, rolled in and, and Sesame Street was quite new. I think that came out. I was two or three years old and yeah. and that helped me read. I learned to read from Electric Company and Sesame Street. No oh, joke. So I remember. Bo- I remember both of those. Remember Magic Garden? Uh, ooh no! What was Magic Garden? Oh, see, Magic Garden was uh,
0: two like kind of hippie women and they were in a magic garden and then they had like I think it's the I don't know which one they had the mirror. No, that might be something else. Uh, but they were all sh- – all those things, like Sesame Street, I think they were all shot in, like, Pennsylvania.
1: And, and Mr. Rogers had a huge impact yeah. because they it would go into the fantasy land. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and also they would teach us something about uh, civics or a local government building in your yeah. town. Yeah, like you the learn the post something. Office or, now it's
0: like I don't want to learn anything. It's then it's like, oh, this is so much fun. I'm learning. And now it's like, oh, please don't. But then it's like, also like i got to go on Wikipedia and look up everything. So I think it's like a back and forth with wanting to consume And <laughs> for,
1: for me, it's t- uh, Today I Learned on Reddit. Oh, yeah. And, and that just uh, – it's amazing. I've written down whole movie ideas. Based uh, on the, yeah, yeah because yeah. the best ideas are already out there. There was a chunk of land between New York and New Jersey that we, it was neither. The police didn't cover, and duels were held there over decades. Uh, d- hundreds of duels would be held there. What is there. it
0: now? Is it in New Jersey or New is York? a
1: dump. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I know it's a dump. <laughs> Syphilis Island. <laughs> so I'm from New Jersey originally. Like, I know.
0: No, I love New Jersey. Shout out to New Jersey. And everyone listening from New Jersey. Uh, so uh, Palm Springs, I've never been to Palm Springs. Everyone, everyone I've known has been to Palm Springs, and everyone's like, yeah, it's cool, whatever. How did,
1: how, how did your family get to Palm Springs? So my grandfather had retired to Palm Springs. Okay. And he could still come into town when mm-hmm. he had jobs. Yeah. Uh, and and he is? Your grandfather my is? My grandfather is uh, Jackie Coogan. Who you may have heard of. Uh, the world's first film child star. And uh, he was with Chaplin and the Kid. Uh, later he was uh, Uncle Fester on the original Adams family. And uh, an a interesting life as well as career between yeah. those uh, benchmarks. Uh,
0: so when you – do you remember living there or were you pretty much – you went to Sacramento? Oh, I
1: remember. Some of my earliest memories uh, were in Palm Springs. Yeah. Sure, sure.
0: Because Palm Springs has a, uh, a very yeah, – a lot of history with Hollywood people living there. It's from, I, this is from what I'm told because I've never been there.
1: Oh, uh, there were people would ask for uh, Jackie Coogan's house, and they'd send yeah. them to Jackie Cooper's house.
0: Okay, and they're like, "Well, you know what? I'm getting, uh, I'm getting <laughs> something." Oh yeah, go right down Racket Club, hang a left. <laughs> so what? Uh, when you're in Sacramento, when you were like, "I want to go to L.A." What was that like? <laughs> I guess how does that conversation
1: uh, Has that conversation? It's interesting. I, you know, I, I, I was kind of separate. My mom was living up in Sacramento, going to school for uh, behavior modification and child psychology. I was raised she had in, you figured out. Then. I was raised in a Skinner box. <laughs> okay, I had yeah, all the yeah, check yeah. mark sheets and yeah. gold stars and uh, uh, pennies. At one point, mm. we were uh, paying me to do my chores in pennies. Uh, and then that, when uh, when that didn't work, just she beat me, you know, so, uh, severely. So that was always me. Uh, listen. You know, it's, it's we get <laughs> she there. know how a parents. Spare yeah. the rod, spoil the child yeah. to death. I'll take away your iPad. Oh my god, I can't believe today's kids. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, my mom, uh, I was kind of separated from the whole Jackie Coogan thing, had no idea how we were living. We had welfare coming and, like, you know, I had Salvation Army toys at that point. Uh, and I said, uh, want to go to L.A. And my mom picked up. We came down and through a weird quirk. She was looking for a place, cheap, whatever, in the valley, who knows. And she saw an ad for a place in Malibu for the same amount. But it was a tennis change room. So there's a big, huge house, and then there's a little back area that just has no kitchen, just a bathroom, and, like, you could put a hot plate on the thing. You could definitely change in there. So we moved right into there, and uh, I got an agent, read for—it was her childhood agent. Okay. Uh, She didn't like uh, uh, taking direction, so uh, she uh, was, like, doing a Bosco commercial, and was like, I like Hershey better. They're like, get this girl off the set. So she introduced me to him, and I could cold-read at five years old and— yeah, pay attention and thank you electric company there was no acting required for a kid just behave yeah don't pick your nose or touch anything and uh, stand there and, and say your lines
0: did, did you uh, was there any uh, I was like oh you're uh, uh Jackie Coogan's grandkid was there any of that yes like, okay <laughs> uh, so
1: he goes great I can't I can't wait to get him out he's gonna go out immediately we'll get headshots da, da, da. my like mom had taken headshots with her camera and he goes I can't wait to tell you know casting directors that I, you know this is Jackie Coogan's grandson and my mom said oh no 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 He's going to act under his birth name, uh, Keith Mitchell, uh, because I don't the worst thing for an actor is to know how how or why they got the part or if they deserve it. And so he's Keith Mitchell and you can't say anything about uh, Jack. Oh, okay. He said, fine. I did uh, various jobs, wound up on a McDonald's campaign for about four commercials and then continued doing uh, Coast Soap and cereals and cars and. I uh, uh, did about 65 national uh, commercials, Cool Whip and you know Kool-Aid, and, uh, yeah, uh, a- yeah, everything you can imagine.
0: And stuff that's still around. It wait since it's just like, you know, classic in- industry of uh of products. Uh,
1: yeah, they were uh, th- they did use kids a lot in commercials yeah. and a lot more. I worked a lot and then started the episodics. At that point you get what's called a theatrical and it was Chips. It was a uh, little, uh, you know, one or two lines on Chips, which...
0: hanging out with Eric Estrada. Uh,
1: absolutely. And yeah. all, everybody. Uh, Punch, John, yeah. Bruce, Bruce Jenner. I, I watched Four it. episodes yeah. of Chips from the first season all the way to the last episode ever shot. And on the last two, I played the same character. So I usually played, like, different characters every time we came back. Here. Uh, but this was, they were trying to spin it off uh, to the Brat Patrol, which was, like, little mini... Uh, Punches CHPs, and John. Yeah. yeah, running around. And it failed. Okay. Uh, and uh, John Aston actually directed the last episode of Chips ever. It's very cool. And then I did – got in with some producers and started working on – I did a movie of the week uh, with Jenna Rollins, Jane Alexander, Clue Gulliger about uh, a lesbian couple t- being taken to court by the ex-husband because lesbianism is uh, dark mm. and evil. Yeah, And it's an unwholesome house yeah. to grow up in. And it was – it was in the 70s and uh, – then did a series with the same producers in Hawaii with Klu Gulliger, a, seri- a family of five kids, orphaned, but they have to hire a fake uncle, right. which is a, the drunk Klu Gulliger down the, uh, you know, the, the the next yard in Hawaii, yeah. and we filmed it in Hawaii and uh, built up a nice net- uh, working relationship with ABC and did Fantasy Island and Love Boat and Laverne and Shirley and Mork and Mindy and Eight Is Enough. Uh, All my little, little I mean, yeah. house. I did a Walton's for a year. I yeah. was on the Walton's. I, we moved in. Me and Martha Nix played uh, brother and sister that were cousins and moved into the house. It was eight seasons. So uh,
0: now at this time, were you? You know, obviously things are changing. For you know, were you, were you still
1: in the uh, the tennis changing room in Malibu? We moved to a converted porch at first, and this is a step uh, up. This is yeah. This is okay. in old old Topanga Road, which was on the other side of Topanga Creek uh and then we moved into a one bedroom above the toy store uh in malibu right by the malibu pier uh, there's you know the guy typically holding a hamburger or like a big taco or something sure. like that uh lived right next to that like okay ne- next to a fo- foster's freeze and above a toy store that was heaven and that's where i got the waltons and then we moved into a five bedroom house in malibu because <laughs> yeah it sounds in, like in, uh, exponentially malibu in, west yeah and uh and how old are you at this point? Like when you know we were, uh, I, I was nine when uh, t- nine or ten when I signed the deed on the house. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Buying then, a house at ten, I, I mean, know. and uh, going to public school the whole time. So mm-hmm. you go to public school and then you go to the set. You know, have a private teacher for three hours yeah. a day. Did anyone treat you differently, or did they know? No, it was that that Malibu. Nobody gave a crap.
0: Everyone was kind of somebody's somebody. Yep. Yeah. 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 Did it change? Did you still have the thing where you're like want I want to have fun I want to be on TV or did it also become like oh this is like a a young age this is a business or this changes. there was always
1: the choice uh if something like the shining came along mm-hmm. and I was like that's kind of scary yeah uh go to the beach great you don't have to go like you know you know there could be a um uh it doesn't have to be everything in your life when you're doing it, you give your all right but it can't be that that's everything you have so you weren't under any pressure
0: to, like, say yes to everything or make sure you always had Well,
1: you job. always say yes to everything. <laughs> well, oh, I do. I
0: mean, I do. Uh, but I thought maybe maybe we were at a point where you're like, you know what? I need to take a, a summer off or something like that. Nah. nah you
1: kind of got it. Because uh, if you hadn't moved into movies yet, yeah. Yeah. you were stuck in TV. Right. So there'd be, like, movies of the week to do during the summer, too. And, uh, and then kept going up for movies. Kept going up for E.T., and Goonies and Gremlins and not booking them. I'm not getting into Was Was movies. there
0: any of those kind of classic movies at that point where you were like really close? Like, oh, I was almost blank.
1: Oh a Christmas story stand yeah, uh, by right. me. Well you're in a you know a, a room yeah, with yeah. 5 to 7 of the other kids that are all getting cast at the sure. time. You know I'm going up for True Romance and I see Christian Slater at the audition. Yeah. I'm like, "Well, he's got this." I mean, yeah. I, I would cast him at yeah. this. Yeah, like you so would be awkward. like, "No, but, but there just, are the times where you walk into an audition, you see all the other guys and they see you and they go, "Oh, crap, Cooper's yeah. here." Yeah. And that was nice.
0: Yeah, no, it's sometimes it's you and sometimes it's them. Yeah, there was
1: plenty of work to go around. There was probably 40, 50 kids, all of about the same age, and uh, boys and girls. So you'd have in your age range and your type, good guy, bad guy, bully, or whatever, you'd always have a good five or six others that it could go down. And that that kept prices low, so nobody could go crazy and corner the market on a type.
0: Was uh, was there – So didn't –
1: the last thing you wanted was to get typecast, which today is being called branded. Yeah. What's your brand? Yeah, it's very right. important. Gotta have your brand. No, it's a big deal to be diverse because they're like, you don't want to be pigeonholed or only known for being, you know, Potse or yeah. something like that.
0: Yeah. But now it's like I'll and, be Potsi. And
1: potsy, he's a great performer. Yeah, love Pottsy.
0: Love Ralph Mouth, love potsy <laughs> Talking about happy days, everybody. Uh try to keep up. Um so there's a there is a thing where you're like you're in TV, but the
1: goal is movies, to get out of TV yes. and into movies. Yes. And the casting director is saying uh, now uh, you know he's too TV and he can't go. And we didn't have Bruce Willis and moonlighting and those examples of a big thunderous movie star. They could also do TV, a yeah. uh, Tom Hanks or whatever. Yeah. So what 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 was the parlay into movies? What was your first parlay into movies? Uh, really, The Fox and the Hound. I was about eight, maybe nine years old, and uh, really just recorded alone at a mic every six months or so. And uh, so that really, I we didn't. We c- that didn't count as my first feature right, cuz it's just it's just VO. Yeah, it's just it's just VO. It's
0: just VO like we're doing right now. What what was your first uh, on-screen
1: adventures movie? in babysitting? Oh, that little movie, yes. Adventures in ba- I mean a little film called Adventures of Baby which was such a great uh experience to work on and also a great launching pad to continue doing uh fun similar, you know, yeah. teen-oriented movies. And uh, got to grow up doing it till about 22, 23, yeah. and then moved into the B-movies and the art films, and yeah. the, then new media comes sure, along. Sure, yeah. And uh, so you work yourself this way. You go broader, you know. Yeah, you go sideways. You go sideways. Toy Soldiers and Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Yeah. I even went to Africa and did a movie called The Cheetah. Uh, and uh, Cousins, uh, Hiding Out with John Cryer. Oh, I remember, I remember yeah. So many uh, fun films and great people that I got to work yeah. with Yeah. Uh,
0: I mean, you know, I, you know, you take me as the consumer, at you know, as a as a kid, and, you know, we're similar age, you know what I mean? So, I, you know, I was watching somebody kind of my own age, and, and I'm watching, I'm like, wow, wha- like, I was living in, like, upstate New York, or New Jersey, or wherever I was living, and, uh, you know, I remember watching it and being like, what must it like to be that person in, in this movie? Like, what their life must be like? And then, you know, I moved to a place like Los Angeles, which is, I was always somebody who was like, I'm uh, outside looking in. And then you come here, and you're like, there there's people and you could meet them and they're just pe- everyone is just people like doing cool stuff. So I thought it was just very cool. When we met, I was like, Oh, you're somebody that I watched. And I'm sure you get this a lot. It's not the first time you've heard this and then, you know, get and then get to like work together. And that's how the world is now. You know, it's, it's very, in- well, to, you know, if you have something to offer somebody, I guess <laughs> you're actually doing something. Uh, so adventures in babysitting and don't tell the babysitters dead. I mean, I mean, hiding out. Those a primer. John Carr was uh, was under witness. It was undercover or witness protection or something like that. Yeah, something like, like that. He
1: was like a stockbroker that did some shady yeah, bonds for I the remember mob. That. He had yeah. to go on the run and he streaked his hair and be- yeah. he pretended to be a, a high school senior and yeah. run for class president. Yeah, yeah. and, and, and they get find the girl out. who yeah. was like fifteen, maybe in the movie. It was kind of, but they yeah. handled it well. Yeah, though never the whole because he handles it well. He's yeah. like, mm, no. Yeah, uh, awkward. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then it turned. It was a weird mix of uh, thriller and comedy. And Bob Giraldi directed it. Okay. It was his directorial debut. He was the man who set fire to Michael Jackson's hair on the Pepsi commercial. Yeah. Well, he didn't literally right. say, "Here, here's some fire on your hair." Yeah. And, uh, and that was a Delorentis picture. Yeah. Delorentis Entertainment Group. So we had hour and a half lunches yeah. with nice soups and yeah. a bisque. Oh, and nice antipasta. Yeah. You know.
0: What, did you have like a, you know, because I, you know, the people kind of ran in packs. Like, uh did you have like a, did you have like a pack of like actors that you hung out with, like your people and you would hang out and like hit the clubs? I don't know. Did
1: you have your people? You would definitely see the same crowd here and there. I didn't really go clubbing until, you know, appropriate age. Age, yeah, of course. I never had the fake ID and all that other stuff. Weren't in a rush to... But there were all-ages clubs and and stuff, and there plenty of premieres and uh, parties and award shows to see the same uh, group of actors and actresses.
0: Who were your, like, uh, BFFs, I guess, to use the <laughs> modern. Cliche. Who are your
1: friends? Who like were the people that you hung
0: out with, like back th- like
1: then? My BFFs? Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to. I'm uh, trying to relate to a lot of different people. Really like. close friends, and uh, had so much fun in that time with like Scott Grimes okay. or uh, Chris Young from PCU uh, yeah. and uh, Max Headroom, uh, with Gabe Jarrett, who I grew up with uh, since uh, we met in in, in first grade yeah. in Malibu. Uh, And Gabe's dad wrote uh, "Every Which Way But Loose." Okay, yeah, and uh, directed "Going Ape," which is one of the finest ape chase movies I think ever made. And uh, Gabe uh, was uh, Mitch in "Real Genius." Yes, (laughs) Real Genius. Val Kilmer and 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 just having fun. uh, The the Feldman and Haim. Yeah, uh, and. would see River Phoenix here and there, especially auditions. River was always coming and getting, yeah. you know, anything. Yeah, uh, serious. You are like, oh crap, River's yeah. here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kirk, Kirk Cameron would yeah. be out
1: and about, and Jeremy Miller, of course, yeah, Ben yeah, know, yeah, yeah. on, on uh, Growing Pains.
0: And but, you're, so your friend, you are still friends with him now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I love I, Jeremy. Yeah, I think I saw him at your party. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I guess it's kind of like a little sideways. So when you are kind of hanging out with like other people that are. You know, still in the business or were in the business? Is the converse? Is the conversation always kind of like? I mean, I talk about things uh, with people that I was friends with. Jobs we used to have. So I just wanted, do you talk a lot about like uh, stuff you like stuff you did? It's like, oh, remember that time we were <laughs> in that car chase in that um, movie? It would
1: be NHL on Genesis, oh, yeah. yeah, Sega. It would yeah. be where where the broken meters are in Westwood, right. Uh, what, which, which back alley to take in Santa Monica to right. avoid like, traffic? Right, a lot of traffic-based really, stuff. A lot of LA. Which page are you in the Thomas Guide? Was a big deal. Yeah, yeah, the forty-two or one hundred and thirteen. Yeah, are you done? Oh, the Thomas guide. you're on forty-six. Oh yeah. my God, really? Yeah, How do you pay for rent. Yeah, uh, that was a big deal. Where you were on the see the Thomas Guide for our younger listeners. You had a huge fourteen by sixteen inch. 500-page tome yeah. that had every map, street, alley, and fire you had to match break them. in like, Los Angeles. It's
0: like L1, <laughs> and you'd match it on the thing. And now GPS, it's like, you made me go an extra 30 seconds, GPS. I hate you. And it's like, try using a Thomas guide.
1: They said there's a whole generation that t- does not know the experience of being lost. Yeah. They I used to deliver pizza. I don't know where I am. Yeah. I'm lost. Yeah. I can't figure it out.
0: I have to ask for directions. Do it's I have a quarter? That side of the bridge. A yeah. 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 uh, quarter for the payphone. I used to deliver pizzas so I remember being uh, being like oh I got to pass. A There's a lot with guy.
1: parking. Will there be parking? Do we have to pay for parking? How far away is the parking? That's still not. Is though, there valet? Is yeah, it yeah, complimentary yeah. valet? How much do I tip the valet? Yeah. Those do are gotta, still woes now. What do I got to clean out of my car before I hand it to the valet? <laughs> Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows
0: So let's go okay so we're we're uh, let's we'll take you to your 20s um, so you're doing you're still working doing more movies is the business changing are you changing is anything changing or you're just like I'm just well, I'm just working I have moved
1: it. into the 90s so don't tell mom on the babysitters yeah. dead like can be you can smell what week of 1990 yeah. that was yeah
0: filmed. it flannel you rock on the flannel the long hair <laughs> the, the flannel lot wig yeah okay yeah
1: uh, uh, very nice wig, which was good wig, great wig, great wig. Yeah, uh, three thousand dollars a piece. They had two. They had yeah. a backup wig. Yeah, and they went. I took the life cast. I went out to Wigs by Ziggy in Burbank, okay. and he'd been in the business for years. He was retiring. This was one of his last movies. Yeah, and I look up and I see a picture of my grandfather on the wall. I'm like, why? What is this, Jackie? What's going on with? This? And he goes, Oh, I did some PR wig uh, toupees for him. His PR said he needs to wig, wig wear some wigs when you're going around town, Jack. And uh, so I had my – the Kenny wig actually also did some toupees for my grandfather.
0: Wow. It all comes around. Oh, I, listen, I would have – when I was watching that, I was like, that's his hair. <laughs> you got me. Hollywood was, got me.
1: It has this lace. It just disappears. And it's they shaved my hairline a little bit, about a half inch, yeah. and so that they could put that wig over and the hairline could be there. And it does. It holds up in close-ups. There's a few where we got the B-wig. The other one would be being cleaned, right. and you can see a little wrinkle maybe in my hairline, but it's, it's But no one else could spot that. Yeah. No, but it was at like 110 degrees in Valencia yeah. when we were shooting it, yes. and I'm wearing leather jackets and jeans. Of course. That was nice. You're
0: wearing your 1990 clothing.
1: Oh, the Megadeth. Sure, you know. yeah. You love to rock. Someone, yeah. One of my fans goes, you know, in movies, there would be characters that listen to metal. He goes, but Kenny listened to good metal.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Megadeth is good. Good. You know, it's not like you had a- um, Slayer. Had a slayer. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Good. I mean, Megan is from the from the area. I Even Metallica. They, I mean, yeah. Why not? Black album, dude. So as you're going through the '90s, is there because the '90s and my my wife, you know, is uh, from Canada, but she grew up in in L. A. Her mom's in the in the in the business, in the agency business and stuff like that. So she was ingrained in it all. So I'm always curious about the timeline of what Los Angeles was like or Southern California was like through the decades. Obviously. The '90s, there's you know a lot of racial tension and and uh, Rodney King and all that kind of stuff. But what was going on in the business for you, or what was going on in LA at the time?
1: Uh, there were six or seven known set studios. Uh, there were five to ten good top agents outside of ICM and yeah, Triad yeah. and William Morris, uh, and uh, you always be careful with going with them because they one day they just dropped Gina Davis. Yeah, what? What do you mean? Yeah, we dropped her, and it was well after Cutthroat Island. Yeah, they just went one day. They go no, and I'm like, if they cut Gina Davis, yeah. think they give a crap about Keith Coogan? Yeah. You know, you're not on fire for two years, and they're like, thank you, you're done. So you find someone mid-level. Really, the, the agents that do all the work in the town, and then yeah. they do all the submissions, and they build all the relationships, with all the casting yeah. directors and producers. Uh, and then, uh, oh, so a turning point, I do want to say, and I went for any viewer doing this or for your curiosity, how do you turn from TV to film? Cause Moonlight did come around at that time. And then it was a little more, you go where the material was high school theater for me. I went to Santa Monica high school, uh, Samo high, and we had just got a new got. That was really, I, that was terrible English, uh, a, a new theater teacher who, uh, had come from Beverly Hills High, and he was working with a two hundred thousand dollar budget back at Beverly Hills High, and he gets here, and there's a six hundred dollar budget, and we did uh, Greece, and uh, played again. Sam, uh, uh, you can't take it with you, and uh, we did uh, another, oh Henry Four, I don't know some crap, <laughs> anyway, some some Shakespeare crap. And it was uh, – I learned preparation techniques. I learned how to act. I had learned pri- previous to that from being on sets. And a lot of the so you So you didn't have formal acting no, training. No, but you're learning from um, uh, from so many great classic actors that came up in the you know golden age of Hollywood. Uh, Henry Fonda was one of my first commercials on a Viewmaster Viewer commercial. Oh. And there's uh, Henry frickin' Fonda. Yeah uh you know you when lunch the, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah
1: uh and it was it you was, can't get that experience
0: in a classroom situation and, and right?
1: uh, tla had t- no you can't and you also learn the technical that was the most important thing more th- more so than acting more so than having ap- acting chops it was can you make the day can uh, or do you burn time on a set or do we and i was one take mitchell come in you do it you nail it you move on and i just kept watching pros like donna michi or anyone i would have t- a chance to work with and that you just don't waste time on a set you're always ready you're always prepared you're a pro period and i learned that early 7 8 years old and uh when you're doing this and when you're on set uh and comedy i do a lot of comedy uh it's a uh, serious business yeah. uh,
0: so uh f- from the going from theater uh kind of like relearning did you did that change your point of view of like what you want to do next now that you got this kind of theater you know what I mean kind of like uh, not relearning the craft but learning another aspect of the craft to change your it
1: literally got me out of because doing commercials and being on TV you're very aware of what you're doing and what's being shown what you're projecting and right now there's always oh dude you're you're pushing you're projecting Mm. Uh, stop indicating that's the greatest stop it so uh, 70s TV was all about indicating because you have you know 36 frames and a really quick take to be like what you talking about yeah (laughs) It had certain rhythms that you had to go with. So theater taught me to get totally lose your ego and forget people are watching. And uh, then you go into film and if you do it confidently enough, uh, you start getting cast. It, It was it was really amazing. It was this trick and it was about preparation. Uh, how to get ready to do it, and then also I started to apply that whenever you have an opportunity to stand there and be on a stage, whether it's for one person, two people in a casting producer session or doing it or doing it live or doing it on tape, film, didn't matter. Uh, A good actor is a good actor 100% of the time. You bust your nut always, every time, whether it's the first table reading or rehearsal. uh, You have a chance to be doing this and to be paid to play in a sandbox and make believe, and the industry was not it's never been welcoming to outsiders it's always like now you can't get in the doors close you know you have to get an agent you have to get a side card before you get an agent you have to get work before you get a side card before you get an agent it was this you know merry-go-round and now we find it democratized more than it ever has before my grandfather's got saw it go from uh silent film to talkies to tv i got to see it go from film to digital that was one of the biggest things i've seen since the mid 90s to now is the rhythm on the set the more you're in, you're in character all the time on digital there's no real change you don't have to cut keep going and back then you would basically do a whole take cut and it was very uh, everyone knew what the setups were going to be when you walked on the set there's no luma crane there's no inventive stuff maybe there's a dolly shot for like the you know open wide and stupid master but then you knew what the coverage was going to be in the over the shoulder and this and the extreme you knew it and now you have people that tell stories visually that are much more like uh, graphic novels or film and TV mixed, or homages and parodies and satires that are still calling on those old tropes like Stranger Things. And people recognize it instantly. When I first saw Stranger Things first season, I'm like, that's E.T. That's Stand By sure, Me. And yeah. just calling it out. That's and good I love either, that yeah. We've shortened uh, – so memes and the mimetic device to deliver mm-hmm. information, uh, is now film is becoming more memetic.
0: When you see, th- you know, there's a lot.
1: Of, you know, I'm you know right. this is Keith Coogan's film and TV class. I'm taking it
0: all in, and everyone should be taking note. If this is <laughs> it's something you're interested in, or not, it's still uh, it's still valuable
1: in your own life. So, independent film—that's what happened. By yeah. '99, we had clerks, uh, and we saw that uh, you really could do an independent film that people could, you know, saw and got out and got a release and a cult following too. And then the independent film "Sex Lies in Videotape," or uh, on Don't Tell on the Baby Series, did we actually had the same production company, Outlaw Films, that did "Sex Lies in Videotape." Okay. And so there was a more the negative pickup existed back then, which is a studio says, "Go ahead and make your movie. We'll buy it from you for X amount." Say, "We'll buy it from you for $10 million." So a producer goes out and tries to figure out how to make it for five million, sell it to the studio for ten. The producer's done. Thank you. Good night. We all made our money. Then the studio tries to triple that after, you know, uh, print and advertising and everything.
0: So independent films was kind of like the world you were in at that point?
1: Uh, oh, uh, yeah. It started to boom, and I loved it. I started to, I don't know, 20 other films that were of the B grade where I did a ski movie, a karate movie, a snake movie, uh, I, a ghost movie. I, uh, that's what I kind of y- call yeah, it. Yeah, I well.
0: mean, you hit all the <laughs> – po- but we always want to see – always want to – I mean – I'm always down to see a karate movie or the ski movie where it's like the, you know, the rich ski dudes. And then the other dude who's like, I don't know. They're just like the competition. The, you know, the girls going out with the cool dude, but the, <laughs> the new kid in town, I mean, it's the same. My
1: <laughs> tough guy in mine was Lachlan Monroe of all people. And what's he, uh, trying to he him? was in, uh, the one with the roommate dying, uh, in it's cool. And you get, okay, uh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And he was, he was in like unforgiven. He was yeah, in a lot of yeah. films. Um, and, uh, Oh, and getting to work uh, a lot in Canada. Uh, I started to do, go to Vancouver and Toronto a lot, and I uh, shot my ski movie up in Whistler, which was very nice.
0: Could you ski previous to
1: that? Yeah. Well, no, me. I would step into the boots, and you cut to the stunt double. There's okay. No, yeah. <laughs> then no you ski. just then
0: you're, okay. Then you're like, well, then, you, then you just pull off your mask and wipe the snow away, and you're like, well, <laughs> I did really well, <laughs> right?
1: That's that's my joke. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, thank you for finishing my sure. comedic thought. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's exactly it.
0: That's what I meant. Um, what what's it like to have for you or in general to have relationships in like in the business when you're working so much and you're meeting so many people? Is it hard to maintain
1: those? Of course, and a lot of your friends happen to be your competition. Yeah, uh, you ever fight over? You, a girl? I used to joke even at a young age. People say, "All right, we'll see you after," and I go, "No, we won't." They go, what? What do you mean? They'd be shocked. They'd we'll be like, friends so you forever. Go. You're going to go do your project. I'm going to go do another project. We're not going to freaking see each other. Yeah. I'll see you at the premiere. You know, We're going to stay in touch. No, we're not. <laughs> I was a bitch of a kid. Yeah. But it's tr- You don't I was know. jaded by eight. They said eight going on 40. It's and I was tr- like, where's true, my trailer? Though. What's yeah. for coffee? Yeah. Where, where's the coffee? What's for lunch? When do we wrap?
0: Does, uh, I mean, so, you know, you had, like, you know, the five-bedroom house. Did you have? I, I don't really have a
1: scope of, like, what it is. Oh, and is. then a, a condo in Santa Monica. Yeah. Which is nice. And uh, and then uh a Ford F-150. I okay. took my babysitter money, and I upgraded from the hand-me-down Oldsmobile 1979 yeah. Cutlass Supreme Brome diesel. I upgraded to a nice big Ford F-150. I doubled. It took, it was a. Thirty-eight gallons of ga- two 19 gallon gas, two nineteen-gallon gas tanks to fill up this dang thing. Yeah, four-speed overdrive, loved this. The beast, I called it, and uh, put speakers in the back, a camper shell, and had parties uh, up and down uh, L.A. It was fun. Does that, does ha- like having
0: does the stuff change you? Like just have like, you know, having one, two, three homes and, you know, the the and everything. the
1: Nighthawks poster with like the neon on yeah, it, you know, yeah. on the wall yeah. and the, the Z get ga- lots of Z gallery stuff around. Yeah, uh, it, it, it the you it changes you when you do run out of money and you go, this crap doesn't matter. Yeah. And uh, and you do find uh, there there's always been hangers on. My mom was like, watch out because my grandfather had hangers on. Yeah, we called them. And just people around a lot, and they they're getting something out of this, and you don't necessarily get much out of them, uh, except maybe companionship. Yeah, they just yes you to yeah, they, yeah, that totally it. And uh, th- those people uh, move out of your life, and you realize exactly what's important and your dear friends and family and loved ones. Yeah, the stuff and
0: the the entourage of people don't matter, no. and that doesn't that doesn't change. Although if I ever got in that situation, I had entourage of people, I'd be like, oh, I, I love all this validation. Please surround. <laughs> I want to be I want to be insulated by people just telling me yes. That's what I, that's my goal. It will probably never happen, but I'm going to put it out there right now. Um, so what I also know from just, you know, uh, stalking both uh, both you and your wife uh, on Facebook, uh, you you meet a lot of people want to meet you. They want to meet you at conventions. They
1: want to meet you. How fun to go! And it I seems flip out. amazing. I'm next to uh, you know people that I am you know grew up with watching, or people that are on you know stuff now. Uh, that i you know I wind up at a convention with somebody. I'm like, are they sure they want me at this convention too? Do you know, can you believe who this? is? Like Lee Majors yeah. sitting next to me at a convention one time, and I lost my mind. I had a six million dollar man lunchbox for Christ's sake. Same here so what how does that uh
0: how does that happen like how does that world happen it, how is that
1: something where you're like, oh, I could do this like this is a thing it happens from you having a chip on your shoulder and saying conventions, what is that standing on a corner and taking twenty dollars here yeah. you know and haing yourself out, yeah. but you do it, and I got convinced by uh my uh, friend Scott Schwartz, who had uh organized an autograph show at 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 Highland and, and Hollywood uh, in the Lows, and we went uh, I mean I went and uh, met my wife <laughs> my first autograph convention ever yeah and Pinky comes over and she doesn't know who the hell I am she's there to get Jeremy Miller and Jeremy Licht and Tracy Gold yeah. and people around me I'm sitting right next to Jeremy Licht uh, from Hogan's family and yeah the Twilight right. Zone yeah. episode Wishy into the cornfield so, uh, she, her, her friends are freaking out. I've never done a autograph show before. So they're coming to me, Pinky's friends with like the adventures of babysitting video store, cardboard cutouts with like the kids hanging off the rope and laser discs and album VHSs. And st- she goes, I guess I should get them. Cause she happens to love eighties and nineties. She's pop a collector. Culture. Yeah. And, uh, she loves getting selfies. So she comes up and she asks you know, how much for a selfie. And uh, the rule is it's, well, everything's 20 bucks. You know, an autograph's twenty bucks, but it comes with a selfie. So right. go ahead and get an autograph. Buy an autograph, sure. and that's how you keep track of your money. Is you just count all of the. That's what somebody told me. I don't. We don't do that now. Right. We have a whole diff- me and Pinky merchandise way differently. So anyway, I say she goes fine, and she gives me the twenty dollars, and uh, right. I go ahead and uh, stand up to go take the selfie, and I look into her eyes, and she looks into mine. You know all those songs and the silly yeah. sappy movies and those things that say things like love at first sight. Yeah. It's absolutely true and yeah. it absolutely And happens. you're not
0: exp- you're, it's not like you're looking for it or expecting no. it or... I was a little
1: angry. I was like where have you been? Like yeah. I was like this what what do you mean? I had to wait this long in my life until I finally met you. And I, I was really attracted to her. I said, "So we're going to start making out right now." And she said, "What are you going to charge me?" <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, "Yes, but I'll give, Let's give her her. I'll give you 10%." I'll give you 10% discount. We got how... <laughs> engaged a few months later and then married 6 months after that on my grandfather's birthday. I'm like, I'll never forget October 26th. It's Jackie Coogan's birthday. Let's do that. It fit into the six month projection. I was like, perfect. And then the other day I'm celebrating my anniversary and I'm like, why is all this Jackie Coogan stuff showing up on my wall? Right. And I actually forgot I got married on his birthday. So she's, she's a huge part of my life.
0: What is that? Like when you did your first one. So
1: I saw what it was like for the fans. Yeah. The fans that came up, they were, you know, would lose their mind. Sometimes other people walk by, they go, who, it's you know it's some they're not your customer, Sure. but for some people that guy uh, in that movie it could be anybody. Every any movie to you. Yeah. I see people, it's just like you're into Doctor Who or you're into Star Trek or you're into Star Wars, and uh, I'm somebody's Doctor Who, and that that is really neat. It gives them a great experience, and uh, you so, get to
0: meet the people. It's interesting to be like you, when you're making these movies, you're not you can't see out into the audience. So you can't when you made a movie, you can't see out in the audience or TV. Now you're seeing. You're seeing the people, which is interesting. That's what's changed. You know what I feel like? Like they, everyone knows you. They know everything about you, um, but you don't know anything about them. But now you have this experience where you can like kind of uh, see who who your who your people are.
1: Yeah, and they feel like they know you because you've been in their living room. I feel that like, you've like been from in YouTube, their bedroom yeah, and, yeah, uh, that they have a familiarity with you, and so that's the. Um, you know i know that i share that you know me getting to work with lloyd bridges yeah. i'm like for, for god's sake i'm working i'm sitting across the table from lloyd bridges yeah. right now losing my mind it's been weeks already and i should have gotten over it but there's sometimes you don't i'm a fanboy myself and th- i think being a fan you, being a fan yourself you know how best you you you're on both sides of it which i think is super important mm-hmm. I, so people do ask me they could say the line just say it yeah. say it once like dishes you're done right. all right yeah. fine yeah. so we, me, and Pinky were out at a uh, Clockwork Orange screening in uh, in Glendale, and not only is uh, uh, Malcolm McDowell there, but uh, um, oh, Darkest Hour. What's his name? Uh, oh, Oldman. Yeah, Gary Oldman oh, is yeah. the moderator. So we're oh, watching Gary Oldman yeah, interview Malcolm McDowell, and he starts talking about you know working with Kubrick and like the casting process. Kubrick would give him a stack of, like, videotapes, and it's just tits. Sorry, can I say that on your podcast? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's just titties. And it's they, required, And the actually. cameraman didn't film it from uh, – just filmed it from the the, net, the chin down. Yeah. So later they had to go through and try to match up the <laughs> boobs yeah. with, like, the headshots. He's like, what about these girls? And so Kubrick – I mean, uh, Malcolm McDowell's telling stories. All of a sudden he launches into Singing in the Rain, and he gets up, and he's doing it. And to me, that's him doing his dishes are done. Yeah, because the I was so incredibly thrilled to see him do that. And I'm like, I wonder how many people ask him. I wonder how many people ask Joey to say, "How you doing?" And so I, we, I gladly nobody leaves this place without singing the blues. I'm right on top of it, Rose. Dishes are done, yeah. man. Uh,
0: is this so? Is this something that's uh, do you do this as like kind of like is it up? business or is something you do when you feel like it i don't really understand the world yeah,
1: it's it's not about the money yeah so you uh drive out yourself to some places yeah. there's sometimes you have costs yeah. you know yeah. there's no uh it's about uh it's about you do how was your show last night mine yeah it was great see now that person to person touch where you see yeah you know Uh, you know, hundred people, five hundred, whatever it is that are in the studio live or in an audience live watching you and talking to you before and after the show, uh, it's that kind of I, you know, it really is the hustle that everybody has to do, and I think autograph conventions and comic cons and pop culture conventions, going and doing those and doing Q and As and doing panels and meeting fans face to face, and that is uh, a great way to build and have people you hand out slips with your uh, uh, online media. You know your social media stuff, and keep them up to date, and they go and buy your stuff, and you you know you get you work on those. That's all the core of fans.
0: So merchandising, you you, selling merchandise is 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 that a new? John thing?
1: Scalzi was talking about nine inch nails and how, and Scalzi had the same thing. He gives out a chapter of his book for free. If you like it, you can pay a buck or two, and i will give you yeah. a digital download. If you really like it, you ten dollars, you get this in a monthly screen. If you pay this, I'll send you a signed hardcover copy. If you pay this, I'll send you everything I've ever written, all signed, inscribed, in a nice set. Same with Nine Inch Nails. They released a track. Mm. They released a whole first – it was a three-sided album, so one side was free. If you like it, go ahead and pay the digital download. They they sold enough of the $150 steel-cased sets signed by Trent Reznor. On the first day, they paid for the entire cost of the recording sessions wow. and everything else, else under than that. Crazy, that yeah. Get uh, they s- You could get an LP of it. You could get an actual, yeah. you know, and you pay different accordingly what, how you want to consume the media. And theaters are learning this. Netflix, everyone's sure. learning. Some people want it in a, th- in a theater. Uh, Okja got a great yeah. uh, uh, screening in theater. Uh, and so it's interesting. How, you know, consumers really want a centralized place at home. They don't want to do Roku and a Netflix and an Amazon, and I got a Hulu too. And now I got to get the Disney one. Okay. So, uh, is that? I mean, you do you make? A, is that part of how you make your
0: living? I'm just trying to understand. Like, there's a merchandising, and there the, is, and you
1: got to pay your taxes. Yeah, you got to yeah, get a merchant's yeah. license. I have a California resellers permit, and uh, wow, it's uh, you go and you pay it. And, and I mean, conventions <laughs> are
0: the, like it's a thing now where like conventions and meeting people, meet and greets and Q and As are like a standard whereas maybe at some point you know it was like uh, you know these comic cons when it first came out were just like a, like a really niche thing and now it's it's kind of extremely common and very marketable and very uh, it's a huge business which and it's it's great that people could make a living off themselves rather than just other people that have made a living off of you i guess is i don't know from the i'm just calling from the youtube world you know what i mean because i go to a lot of conventions or at least i used to
1: uh, yeah, a lot of performers will do meet and greets. greets you yeah. can pay an extra seventy five dollars after yeah. you watch, you know, Linda Carter, yeah, uh, and you know, Wonder Woman sing her lounge act, and yeah. then you can pay a little extra, and you go behind, and she signs a poster, and you take some selfies, you talk to her for a couple minutes, and then security hustles you out of the room. And uh, I think that that kind of person to person, because everything is abstracted and on the screens and on your phones, And they've gotten further away. Even as the TVs have gotten bigger, people have turned to their phones so much to consume it. You got
0: to get on more. You got to get on more phones. We got to get you on more phones.
1: Get, get we, no, no, we'll do the U2 thing. Yeah, where yeah. You just it comes with the it, phone. Yeah, you have but to. The have why it. is Keith Coogan on my phone already. Oh Yeah.
0: Well, it's free, so that's good. Well, what's so? What's I guess is what's next? Just more of what you're doing, or is there something else? Are we, are are really a hologram?
1: I'm promoting four projects that came out this All right. year. Let's hear. It. Uh, you've got one where I play a meth cook. Uh, okay. Beautiful garden, fantastic, uh, winter Cleveland International Film Festival. Uh, filmed in uh, Cleveland. And uh, then we did uh, <laughs> Limelight. I play a, a gay rapey talent agent uh, based on a true story. So, uh, and where uh, do we find those two? Those are uh, seeking distributors and okay. things and premiered at festivals and they're selling okay. them. Uh, and then I got cut out of Last Tycoon, which was oh, a really okay. nice project yeah. to be cut out of. Uh, you know, my, my one line I had. I, Coogan, you had yeah. one line to deliver. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're focusing on the love, the romance, the lush sure. settings. They don't need another piece of expository dialogue. Sure. So, but you see me, and the, oh, there's my face. There's the side of my face. Oh, yeah. there I am in the background. Yeah. There, that's clearly me. Yeah. I got a nice credit, and yeah. they paid handsomely. Yeah. It was Amazon money. Yeah, I've never I seen a budget like that. Yeah. Three makeup, full size makeup trailers to handle all of the Wow. You know, black tux, tuxedo yeah. stuff and the women and their pin curls and all that crap. And then uh, now I'm very excited about the upcoming Lifetime film, A Tale of Two Corys.
0: Okay. I, and I assume we were talking about Corey Heyman Feldman.
1: Yes. And this is my uh, fourth project. Uh, hopefully comes out this year, maybe early next year. Uh, we've shot it. It's done. And I do not play a good guy.
0: So it's a dra- it's a, a dramatization, or is it a—
1: Drama biopicization.
0: Okay. My wife will be very excited about that, loves lifetime-based things, and of course I do, too, and of course I want to you see will you. will know
1: what it's like to go grow up through Hollywood as one of the Cory's. Wow. Um, two, well, two, well, depending on who you identify with, you, you, I don't think you can be both Corey's. No, 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 no. You're one, a no hame can. or you're a felt. Yeah. that's and for the... those that are interested in what the environment was like, you asked me, yeah. what was it like in LA and romping around town and everything. They're going to love this. It's, it's pretty accurate. Uh, I think it's very accurate. Yeah. Very exciting. And it's. I think it's going to be toned down because, yeah. you know, um, for yeah. legal reasons, sure. you just cannot really show what it's really
0: like. Yeah. Uh, that's very exciting. I'm looking forward to that. I know. I you know, know. Very, and, very exciting.
1: And, I, and uh, I'm, I'm excited. I moved into a new phase yeah. in my acting and how I am yeah. on a set. And I've let a lot of things go and uh, learned that kind of no ego. Get out of the way. What does it need? What does the story need? What does the audience need yeah. right now? Back to basics. <laughs> yeah, totally. You don't have to feel it. You Do know. you think Sorry, meeting I'm so many— I'm not a method f- actor. I'm like,
0: Do you think meeting so many fans kind of changed—like kind of did it— Inflate or deflate your ego I don't know what that does I don't know what that does to uh, a person Meeting so many people Can I have your autograph Can I have your picture Does that change you at all
1: I think that's that's a statement That you're not being factual about With uh, the number of people That you speak in front yeah. of yeah. Uh, Your audience yeah. And I'm sure you connect with your audience sure. Because you see them at your shows sure. And you see them whenever you go Or do a guest thing Or anything yeah. like that So uh, you, it's oh, Look I saw the Never Say Never, uh, Justin Bieber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Documentary. Yeah, fan- fan- fascinating. I thought it was too. I saw it in the theater. Scooter Braun is a genius. Yeah. So we used to think, uh, but for anyone who's watched this, you know this now. But we used to think that oh, you know, Scooter Braun just found him, and mm. Justin Bieber had like a million followers, and da da da. No, he found him. They started going show to show. And signing people up, go and follow, and to go to the YouTube video, like it, follow it. Yeah. 10 people at the first show, and then 20, and this. And they took a year to get up to that yeah. million, and they hustled it. Yeah. Show. Then it was a thousand people at a show, and he's playing malls and record stores and anything they can. So it's what is that? The, the, the lot of hard work before the overnight success. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's that's oh I, you always think like oh man the, yeah this person just shot out of nowhere you know, you they, they don't mention the you know the fifteen years or ten or five or twenty years they had before that uh, but I guess that's what Wikipedia is for and we can find that out where can we find you online where can we find all your all your stuff KeithCooganOnline.com. dot com and that's it right there was is KeithCoogan.com already taken
1: it was by this happy little Irish couple that has one page of them sitting on a lawn oh. it's one. Uh, jpeg and underneath it was like here's our family page coogan's and links off to some other site and they're like if you're interested in buying this click here uh-huh i'm like thanks thanks coogan's good move
0: yeah maybe your relatives uh but keith that's twitter
1: th- it, you know leads to the keith coogan on yeah. twitter yeah and, and and instagram is keith coogan Got and, those. I, I, and i'm very open on my facebook it's public if you want to come to facebook and follow me keith coogan yeah. And uh, I, I have room for seven more friends. So. So, let's listen, who, well, let's see who those friends are going to be.
0: At, at least eight people will see this. So somebody is going to uh, will hear this. Uh, so Excellent. one person might be disappointed, but uh, get in while you can. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much. I said uh, we're going to we're going to take a pic and it'll be on my Instagram, which is Instagram.com slash the Jason Horton. And you can see this this pic of us. Check it out. You took a
1: pick? Where? No,
0: we're gonna take it. Oh,
1: okay now. Maybe I already happened.
0: You're promoting something that hasn't even happened yet? It's magic the way I do things.